This is Lon Witt, episode 17, six must-haves for a solid influencer marketing agreement. Welcome to Law & Wit, Creative Council for Entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Brittany Rattel, mother of four, entrepreneur, naptime lawyer, and attorney for creative entrepreneurs. I'm here to share inspiration and action so that you can tackle your business blocks and confidently own your business in every sense of the word. Thank you so much for being here. Hello, creatives, entrepreneurs, boss babes. Uh, we could we could have some boss babe guys. I'm I'm not going to be uh, discriminatory there, but I'm just assuming from well, yeah, I am just assuming um, from from who I talk to. It seems like the majority of your women, which I'm super excited about. But if I picked up uh, a couple male listeners here, we're excited to have you too. So stick around. Um, Okay, so today we're talking about influencer marketing, okay, which um, this stuff is not going anywhere. So it's really exciting topic. It's only becoming a bigger part of uh, content creation, of being able to people to find good goods and services that they trust, whether you're a content creator, a blogger, influencer, vlogger, um, or you're on the other side. Maybe you're a small business owner. Maybe you have a product or a service and you want to use influencer marketing, get your stuff out there. Um just as a reminder, everything we talk about today is just for educational purposes only. While I am an attorney uh, licensed here in Utah, our fair state of Utah, I'm not your attorney unless you want me to be. In which case, hop on over to BrittanyRittell.com and please sign up for one of my 20-minute free legal chat times. And then we can talk about your business. And then you can decide if you want to hire me to be your official counsel your attorney and then we talk about pricing and an engagement form and all of that good stuff so but until any of that business is happening um i'm not your attorney so please don't count on me that um, i'm just here to help you out okay and give you some talking points some some starting points for you um to look more into what you need for your business to get the your head wrapped around this okay so let's jump into this okay um so today we have six tips on what you want to have in your contract you're basically the things that you want to think about when you're crafting some sort of influencer marketing campaign um and i'm going to talk about this from both sides of the of the little dichotomy relationship here, both the brand side and the blogger side um, and influencer side. And you kind of decide obviously where you fall and where you'd want to maybe press and negotiate. Um, But the, these important terms are the same for both parties, which is why they need to be here. Um, And, you know, is really as researching influencer marketing and why it's so important and why I really thought um, I needed to talk about it today. Um, I came across this really great study, which I'm going to link to in the show notes, um, that was put out by a firm that talked about that um, more than um, you know the 40% of people, 40% of firms that were surveyed plan on increasing the marketing budget for next year um, for influencer marketing. 40%. And I honestly, I think that sounds a little low considering who I talk to and um, the people I come across in their field who say that they only are planning on increasing um, their budgets, their time, their energy in this field. Um, some people who are completely relying on influencer marketing, that's all they do to get, they don't really do much in traditional advertising. Um, I think maybe that's a, putting your eggs a little bit in one basket. I'd maybe still maybe want to develop some other channels. Um, but I understand how, uh, you know, depending on what you sell and how you sell it and the brand and the story behind that, why influencer marketing can be um, so important. So, um, and when people are talking about influencer marketing programs, most marketers cite engagement as the number one 
one thing that they're looking for. 90% of them um, in this study that I that I read. Um, the clicks were at 59% and conversions were at 54% as the other top performance indicators. Um, and this is kind of the first thing I want to talk to you before we get into our legal tips is just when you are opening up the store, whether you've done some influencer marketing or you haven't and you want to do more, um, I just encourage you to be, you know, be professional and scientist-like in approaching this problem. Um, looking at this as, you know, do your research beforehand. What do you want out of an influencer marketing campaign? What are you looking to get? It's hard to know if you're successful at something if you don't know what success looks like for your business. So is that engagement? Do you just want people talking and chatting and commenting and sharing? Do you want clicks? Do you want people to find out about your story, about your website? Do you want them to go to somewhere else rather than where they're initially engaging or viewing content? Um, or do you want conversions? Is it all about, you know, that cheddar for you? Do you want to make sure that we're actually closing um, the sales cycle here and getting someone all the way to adding something to their cart and making a purchase? Um, if you don't know what those goals are for you or what that looks like, then take some time to figure that out. Because that is really going to influence um, what you are looking for in terms of your strategy. And you'll know what success looks like. And it'll make it a lot easier as you're crafting and working with someone else um, as a partner here uh, that what they need to be doing and what success looks like for them. Be curious. Uh, be a scientist like it. And think about, um, do some research beforehand so that you can do some good metrics and analysis after a campaign to know if it's successful in your in your book, okay? Um, and think about what kind of influence you've, even you want to use. Do you want to use celebrity? Do you want to use top tier? These are kind of more of just the what people typically think of when they hear the word influencer, someone who has a larger following, um, who, you know, they say, hey, I love this product and it sells out immediately. Um, or do you want to maybe use and use kind of your budget and spread that out to a bunch of micro-influencers? Some people have found that they like um doing that because they reach into different markets. Um, some people trust micro influencers better because they typically don't see them as quote unquote selling out. Um, and they know that maybe they're a little bit more thoughtful or selective in what brands they work with. Um, and so that when they do partner on a campaign and create content, um, it's just a little bit more meaningful or organic. Um, it seems more of a natural fit to their voice and to what they're already doing. So um, so yeah, just all kind of things to think about, um, you know, and if you come across an influencer who, um, and you want to work with someone and they don't fit with your brand or your imaging or the language that you're using or the values that you have, okay, then it's not a good fit. Okay. Move, move on, you know, don't, um, don't try to force a square peg into a round hole. Okay. So, um, just some micro level thoughts as I've read a bunch of these contracts and seen a couple of, you know, a lot of campaigns go down, um, and talk to people who are in this industry. A lot of whom are clients on both sides of the coin. Again, um, just some little tidbits for me to you. Okay, um, so let's jump into our six tips for a better contract when you're dealing with influencer marketing. Um, the first is make sure you have very clear payment. <laughs> this seems a little obvious, I know, um, but you know we don't like to make assumptions and certainly no one likes to make assumptions about their money and where it's coming from and where it's going, okay? So you should have spelled out in your contract how much money is being exchanged when will this money come? Does someone need to invoice for this money or is this money gonna come by magic unicorn check 
or Hogwarts style, you know, delivered by Al to your business address. Um, do they have your business address? If it's kind of a larger company that does, you know, an accounts payable and that's how, you know, they do net 30 terms, meaning they're not going to pay you for 30 days after they receive an invoice. Well, they need to have that invoice and they need to have a real business address on it. Okay. Not everyone is on the paying by PayPal square Stripe train yet. Okay. Larger companies, larger brands that you work with are usually a little bit more conservative and traditional in their payment and um, the way they handle their bills. So just know that and don't think that they're trying to stick you but just know that they that's how they're planning on paying you if you haven't seen your money yet so um, next thing is termination this is the kill switch so who can terminate this contract and when um, can both parties terminate it the brand and the influencer or just one of them and if they someone does want to terminate and call this quits if they want to have a business breakup then how many days notice do they have to give the other party and it's usually put in days so is it seven days is it 14 days is it 30 days um a lot of this will depend on just kind of the clout that you have. Obviously, the more time, the um, the better it is for you to prepare on either side of that. Um, but some people might want more wiggle room. So that's something, again, you can negotiate back and forth with. And I'll put this in with all of these terms. Um, my overarching theme is please do not be afraid to negotiate on these, okay? When one of these crosses your desk, one of these contracts on whatever side you're, you're on of this arrangement, um, don't feel like you have to sign right away and that you're being pushy or unreasonable or, um, you know, that you're going to kill the deal simply by, you know, doing turning on your track changes and redlining and saying, actually, instead of 14 days, I'd like to have 30 days because my editorial calendar, I plan really far out and I have to book you know, a stylist and I have to book hair and makeup and my assistants and, you know, maybe you have a whole team that's helping you, then you need, you need more time and you can't have people cutting you off and canceling last minute or you're going to be out many. So you're the one who has control over that knowledge. So you should be the one managing the risk. Okay. And it doesn't make you a diva. It makes you a sound businesswoman. Okay. So, um, don't be afraid to, to push back. It's very rare that I hear of people who are negotiating these contracts where the deals just completely fall through and don't happen at all. Um, I think uh, people are afraid of that. And certainly it's a possibility. I'm not going to tell you that it can't happen. I don't want to lie to you, never lie to you. Um, but it's remote. Okay. It's super remote. And what's more, much more common, but it shouldn't be is that you just sign it. Someone just signs it. And then what's worst of all is they don't even realize um, what they're signing. And then there's a problem later on, or they realize, shoot, I didn't realize that I was, wasn't going to be able to work with any other food companies <laughs> for a couple months or a year, or I didn't realize that I was signing over all the rights to this content. And now they can put this campaign in Times Square and I didn't charge enough money for that. Um, well, yeah, you, you should have, you should have spelled that on your contract. So I'm jumping my head of myself a little bit, but anyway, um, just as an overall theme, make sure you're pushing back guys. Okay. Know what you're worth, know where to negotiate and, and push forward with that. Okay. Um, okay. Moving on, um, from termination is exclusivity. This is a fancy way of saying, can they date other people? <laughs> can the brand, um, work with other influencers, which more likely, yes, um, you're usually going to see this in terms of a brand wants you as the influencer to only work with them. Okay. If they are talking about how great your trash bags are, they want you to only talk about their, your kind of trash bags. They don't want you to talk about their competitors trash bags for a certain set amount of time. Um, and my tip here is that if you are the influencer who someone is asking, I want exclusive rights to you. I want you all to myself. Um, Make sure that you are being very specific in what types of companies or other brands you cannot work with, okay? 
um, like the trash bag. If you are a makeup blogger and that's, you know, what you do is you're, you're a beauty blogger and you do and you work with a lot of companies, um, you do not want to lock yourself into that you can't work with another beauty company or another makeup company. That's probably going to be a really um, tough thing for you to pull off with your business model. Maybe you want to limit to that you can't work with another lash serum company for six months or nine months or something, okay? That's a lot more narrow definition. So if that's not spelled out in the contract in terms of what do you mean by exclusive or non-compete, then that's something that you need to fill in yourself and add in those words, okay? Or any other company that sells this product or list the companies even better. And that way you you both know that you're on the same page in turn talking about who you can work with and who you agree not to work with. And then how much that costs. And maybe if they want some really broad exclusive, you know, exclusivity in the in the contract, then you push back and say, hey, I saw that you were interested in this. Um, that's totally fine. But just so you know, my my price for that is this just laid out there. And then they know, okay, well, if that's too much for us. Um, then we'll go back down in terms of not being as exclusive and demanding in the contract. Okay. Again, it's all on the table, guys. It is all on the table. It's all part of the dance. So don't be afraid of it. Okay, guys, um, I just want to jump in here and give a little uh, pitch about my new template shop. Um, that's who's sponsoring this episode is me. <laughs> Yay. Oh, I'm so glad we have a good working relationship. Um, my, do, my new template shop is creativecontracts.co, okay? Because you guys are creatives and you need contracts. You need creative contracts, okay? And that's what I'm here to give you. Um, and since you are special podcast listeners, special snowflake business owners, I will give you a special code that I'm just giving to my podcast listeners. Um, it is the code DTR, okay? DTR, Delta Tango Roxy. Okay, we've just talked all about how it's so important to do that with your businesses. So I'm going to have that little subtle reminder for you. So if you yourself need one of these, uh, a contract like a sponsored content agreement, if you don't have one um, and I'd like to have a, an agreement that has all of these things that we're talking about today all dialed in, then hop on over to my shop download it, buy it, download it. Um, you'll get a ScreenFlow video guide by me when I walk through all the terms of it. You'll get highlighted fields where I tell you exactly what you need to do to customize it for your business and the options that you have. Um, and then you can reuse it again and again and again, okay? So just having paying for this once um, will probably pay for itself on the next deal you have if you make sure you don't have any of these problems that we talk about today, all right? So um, I'd love for you to support my shop. Um, that's how, what will keep me from being able to continue to offer all of this kinds of content to keep me moving forward. So thanks so much for being part of the show. I'm going to help you check out my site and share it. If you don't need it, maybe share it with a friend who might need it. Thanks guys. Next thing we want to talk about is copyright ownership. Okay. This is who owns this beautiful content that you are creating. Okay. These pictures, these videos, um, this audio, whatever it is that you're doing, tutorials, um, hit list, like, you know, the sky's the limit in terms of content, but we want to know who is this belonging to at the end of the day. So in the contract, we should lining, uh, it should be outlined. Um, and the usual kind of two schools of thought are that, um, the brand owns it. Basically the brand is paying for it. The brand owns it, the business, um, and they are licensing it to the influencer to use. Maybe the influencer is creating it, but the brand owns it to use on their social media platform for a certain amount of time or, um, under certain terms that this is part, all part of the campaign. But, um, once that's done, the brand reverts and gets all those rights back. And that's why they can use that and repurpose that. They can put it in a newsletter for their clients and customers. They can turn it into a print campaign. They could put it in a YouTube ad or a commercial. Um, 
And I'm seeing, and I read in the study that brands are um, wising up to that they need to recycle and repurpose their content more um, because they really like the stuff that's coming out from content creators. Um, we're seeing a whole shift that instead of having these giant advertising PR firms and you know media firms that are creating all the content, people like working you know more on. Um, more decentralized, you know, they like working with a creator who's a beauty blogger who really knows the audience, um, has got it dialed in and which is great. That's great news if you're a beauty blogger. Um, but that also means that the brand is used to having control of their media and, and wanting to, and they want it back because they want to be able to use it for other stuff. So, um, that's some, one thing that one way that you might see it run in contracts. The other on the opposite side of the spectrum is that the influencer owns the content. Okay. Um, and this means that they own it, they created it, they shot the photographs and styled them and did everything else. And they are only licensing it to the brand, um, for them to use for a certain amount of time. Um, but at the end of that, whatever the campaign looks like, it goes back to them. And and that means that an influencer can archive a post if they want to, or delete it, or modify it, or repurpose it for something else, which means that if you have this great, you know, photo shoot and you want to use it for a book someday or an ebook or a course that you're teaching or something else, um, it means you have the rights to do that. Um, if you don't own that content, then you do not have those rights to use that content. Okay. It is only in this certain way that's spelled out in the contract. So that's just a couple things to think about when you're talking in the back and forth about who owns. Um, and you might see this labeled in intellectual property. You might see it copyright ownership or copyright transfer or assignment or license. Those are all words that can kind of all describe the same thing that we're talking about, which is the yours, mine, and ours, okay? Who controls this stuff? Um, and remember, guys, that without something in writing, whoever automatically, whoever creates the content automatically gets the copyright um, ownership for it, okay? So if you shot the picture, okay, if you clicked on the shutter, it's yours unless you have something in writing otherwise, which is why we have contracts like these so that we can set things up in a more complicated way that gives rights and money and everyone's happy at the end of the day. That's what we hope for. Um, but just as a little reminder, if you have not set something like that up, um, then please take a look at your content and your content creation process, okay? Um, and then in, the, in that same vein, um, make sure that you have addressed in your contract about editorial control. Um, does the brand have the right to have final say on, on a post before it goes out? Or is that the blogger's purview? Or does a brand have a right to make technical changes? Maybe um, they, you know, there's a misspelling on the name or a hashtag or, um, you know, something else. It's like a technical deviation that needs to be corrected. But in terms of direction, they can't come back and say, hey, I don't really like how you shot this in this way, or I didn't like what you said about our stroller. Um, you know, it's important for you to know that maybe for your voice, you need to have full editorial control and you're going to write what you're going to write. And that needs to be in the contract or, um, and likewise, if you're a brand and you think that that idea terrifies you, <laughs> that someone can post whatever they want and you're going to pay for it. Um, then maybe you do want to have some uh, approval rights. So I've seen uh, it both ways in contracts. Okay. All right, next is confidentiality. Um, and this is probably one that's most straightforward. This means keeping things quiet, guys. <laughs> this means that everything that's in this contract um, needs to be kept confidential, okay? This is part of a business deal. Be professional, uh, be quiet about it. Means you don't go sharing these details in a Facebook group, okay? Or in a rant um, on your Instagram stories or something, all right? Um, and I see people 
blowing this all the time and I see them, you know, releasing details about their contracts in groups and blogger groups and stuff. Um, and I'm fairly certain that they are, uh, they, they are going violating their contract terms. So make sure you have a clause in there about confidentiality, um, because it's likely that both of you are kind of going to see behind the curtain a little bit about marketing or pricing, um, markup, sourcing, you know, kind of some of those more business confidential stuff that um, you'd like to keep private. That's not part of the information that's readily available to the public. That's usually the classic definition of what confidential is. It means that a normal layperson, a normal schmo, Joe Schmo off the street, doesn't know that information. You have to have some insider track, okay? So it's what you're talking about is on the insider track. Make sure it stays on the insider track. So, um, And confidentiality clauses are always stronger when you actually list out what that kind of information is. So if you have a good idea about what it is, what the secret sauce is that you'd be mad about if it got out, then make sure you include details about that. Okay. Um, last but not least is FTC disclosure is everyone's favorite governmental agency tasked with keeping people from lying. <laughs> All the lying, lying, my lying, lying McChild. Um, if any of you guys don't follow Kids Are the Worst, I, I just, I love that account. I get such joy as a parent. <laughs> my husband and I, we usually um, exchange our favorite memes that we find from there. Um, but I always love the one about like, I'm starving my lying, lying child. Because it is true. Our children, they lie. They lie openly and wantonly. Um, and sometimes so do we as, as business owners. And the FTC is against that. Okay. And the FTC is the Federal Trade Commission, which in U.S., uh, here in the U.S., is the body that's tasked with protecting consumers. Okay. That's their shtick. That's their um, prerogative. And what they want is that what they want people who are engaging in influencer marketing to be clear and open um, when they're doing sponsors, any kind of sponsor content. And their bright line is that if there is a material relationship between a business and an influencer, um, then that needs to be disclosed. OK, and it needs to be disclosed with something like hashtag ad or hashtag sponsored, or you can use the words ad or sponsored, you don't have to do a hashtag, or another natural language disclosure that says those same things. Um, but I know most people want it to be brief, and I don't know how you could get any more brief than saying ad, <laughs> okay? Uh, you know, I, I challenge you to come up with a more succinct way to say that this is an advertisement than ad, two words, um, two letters. Um, and it, it needs to be above the fold or the scroll, which means that if it's an Instagram post, it needs to be in those first three lines, okay? So that people are seeing it right before they even click the read more, okay? Um, it means if it's on a website post or something else or a video, it needs to be right at the top. People shouldn't have to scroll down to the very bottom to the nether regions um, by your bio picture and the disabled, the, the comments that no one actually comments on anymore because blogging's dead. <laughs> Not really, but really. Um, yeah, you can't put it down there, okay? It needs to be part where the juicy part is, where the meat is of the story, okay? Um, and if you're doing a video or audio, then your disclosure should be uh, audible, a verbal disclosure, or it can be a written disclosure um, at the beginning, like on a title card, okay? Um, so yeah, I've had this question before when I presented this information at conferences, people are like, well, what if you have a story and you're talking about, you know, how much you love this product? Um, if you're doing a multi, you know, part story and you know, you're just talking about, you love it and you go on and on. Um, then I would be putting ad on every single picture, you know, every single part, 15 minute segment of that story, because you know how it is with stories. Sometimes you're, you know, tap, 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 uh, slow down, tap, tap, tap. 
or sometimes, you know, people don't have their sound on. So that's why I would put AD, I would put ad on there and I would make sure it's on every single page. Okay. Um, this stuff is just not worth messing around guys. And do you know why? It's because $16,000 reasons why. Okay. Um, that's the civil penalty that you can be charged with, with the FTC by violating, um, their deceptive advertising, um, uh, recommendation. So, and if you have questions about this, um, if you think, oh, I don't know if this really applies and what if I'm only getting free product and I can decide if I want to post or not, um, I would advise going to the FTC's guidelines on this. They have a whole set of guidelines where they do like a frequently asked question and they're actually really good. They're really in depth and they actually, I think, do a good job, especially for a governmental body, which let's face it, has a pretty low standard in terms of where to get information. Okay. Um, they actually get it. They get how this business is being run. They get what people are doing and what they're talking about and how they're sharing information. And they're, I think, really trying to make it clear so that people can do the right thing to be ethical, to be honest, to be um, clear and transparent with their audience. So um, even though it's a wild west and this is a new way that we're marketing and advertising. Um, and so we're all still trying to figure this out. Um, you know, I like to think the overarching theme is, does this pass the grandma test, whatever your content is? Okay. Um, and that means that if a, your grandma saw this post or this video, whatever the content is, whatever the sponsored content is, um, would they understand that this was sponsored content or would they think, oh, those peonies, we're so beautiful and right on top of the trash bag. I mean, you know, you're doing your best guys to, <laughs> you got to push those trash bags somehow. You got to get really creative. I only think of that because actually I have known a couple of friends who've done partners with trash bag companies. And I've been actually really impressed by how creative they've been in terms of what their content is. Cause, um, yeah, let's face it. That's not an easy one really to push. So, um, make sure that you have something in your contract about FTC disclosure saying that any content that will be created, um, will comply with the most recent FTC disclosure laws. Um, and if you even want to specify in there that you want ad or sponsored used, um, that language, then I would put that in there. Okay. Um, and again, don't be shady or false or misleading or deceptive about what products and services do about what the results are. Um, I'm especially looking at you people who are in my health and wellness field. Okay. Um, unfortunately there's kind of a bad rap against, um, people not being honest about, you know, diet pills and serums and weight loss stuff. Um, and you know, essential oils. And you just got to be really careful that anything that you're talking about, um, is typical. The results are typical. Um, it's something that you can speak about from personal experience. And if you can't, then I would not say that, you know, um, if, if you can't make those kinds of claims, if your um, they, those don't reflect your actual results, your actual experience with a product, and this is talking about if you're the influencer, then, um, please let's re let's work on that copy again. Let's rewrite it. Okay. Um, don't put your name on something that doesn't represent you and that isn't honest or clear. Um, that's a bad idea legally. It's a bad idea ethically. Um, and it's a bad idea to build confidence with your audience, which at the, you know, at the end of the day, that's your biggest asset. Okay. So don't sell that down the river. Okay. Just because someone approached you and started waving a big old check in your face. Okay. Um, all right guys. So that's all the things that I want you to look at the contract. I'm going to, um, refresh you and review that just a little bit in case uh, you missed it and need that. Um, Okay, the first was payment. Make sure payment terms are in there. Termination, that's our second. Number three is exclusivity, okay? Who can date who and whom? Make sure you're having a define the relationship, a DTR with the brand and the influencer. Um, four is copyright ownership and editorial control, okay? Let's make sure who is controlling who and who gets what. 
Um, the last one is uh, confident, or the second to last one's confidentiality. Okay, let's make sure that we're keeping it secret. We're keeping it safe. Okay, I always go back to Gandalf the Grey. Okay, when I am not sure about where to go. Um, if you guys, if you don't recognize that reference from Fellowship the Ring, then I'm sorry that you didn't go to college um, when I did, and you didn't spend an inordinate amount of time watching Lord of the Rings movies. Um, and in fact, watching the commentary of Lord of the Rings movies. So, you know, nerd it there, but yeah, were well, yeah, you guys surprised? I am an attorney. So, um, and the last one is FTC disclosures. Okay. Make sure that things are being clear and up and up with the FTC, that you're not going to have any problems, that you're not going to pull a Kim Kardashian or a Lord and Taylor. Those are some of the more recent cases. Um, Lord and Taylor made the mistake. If you missed this, this is this was the Dressgate incident of a couple years ago. Um, and it was honestly when influencer marketing was just getting going. So I don't fault Lord and Taylor. They were just trying to shill some asymmetrical peasant style dresses. Um, and they paid, you know, a couple grand to several fashion bloggers um, and said, you know, we want you to post this. Um, we get control over the post. They had to get approval. You know, the influence had to send it to it before they posted it. Um, and a lot of bloggers did. And sure enough, those dresses sold out. Bada bing, bada boom. Um, but none of them disclosed that they were working for Lord and Taylor, that they were getting money to talk about those dresses. Um, okay. And, you know, if it were you and you saw someone talking about a peasant dress that they loved it and it was amazing, um, wouldn't you want to know that someone was making money from it? You know, whether they were an affiliate or whether they had gotten it free, whether they had gotten paid for the dress and gotten the dress for free. I'm just saying, um, if you put, you know, flip the switch and, and put your shoes on the other foot, um, it's usually easier for us to understand how and when we should be using influencer marketing and a way to do that that's authentic, that speaks to your brand and what you're trying to accomplish. Um, and that goes for both sides, again, of that diet, okay? Whether you're the influencer, the content creator, or whether you're the business who wants to use um, influencers to, to make sure that you're telling your story and you're expanding your reach and your impact um, and the problems and solutions that you are offering to people's problems, okay? Thanks so much for joining me today, guys. Um, really appreciate it. As a reminder, um, if you haven't left a review for me, I would really appreciate that. I'm still, you know, baby podcast, and that allows people to find me um, and, and may make or break when someone does find me and whether they think I'm actually a legit podcast or not. Okay, so the more reviews I get, um, the better it is. So if you want, if you've been enjoying and listening to all this free stuff and it's felt like it's helped your business or helped a friend, um, I'd love it if you give leave a review, okay? Um, I'm going to read one from uh, Dollface, um, sorry, who says, I've listened to a few of these episodes and the one about the GDPR has been the most simple GDPR compliance guide I've heard. Oh, thank you. That's episode uh, 15, by the way. So if you don't know anything about the GDPR yet and you don't have a privacy policy, girl, please go get yourself a privacy policy and listen to that episode. Um, she said, I specifically came to this podcast looking for information on this. And I'm glad to say I finally understand what steps I need to take for my small online business. Thank you. So, um, thanks so much guys for, for leaving those. I really appreciate it. So, um, and also to let you know, um, as a reminder that, um, my contract template shop is live. Um, I have, I think five, five contracts up, five templates up so far. Um, and one of them is an influencer sponsored agreement. So if you are in the position where either you are a blogger or an influencer or you're a brand and you want to do a campaign like this and you are looking for a contract that does all of these things that I've talked about, well, you are in the right place because if you go to creativecontracts.co, 
Okay, just like it sounds, creativecontracts.co. Um, that's where my template shop is. It's simple, okay? I have chosen to spend all my time in making sure that these contracts are super easy to understand, that they have, you know, idiot-proof highlighting. So you can you can switch through and see what you need to change, what needs to stay the same. Um, I also have screen flows, okay? The larger templates, I have, um, you know, video screen flows where I walk you through exactly what you need to change or not change in the contract, things you need to watch out for, all the tips and tricks that you would need to implement this into your business so you can feel confident. So um, take a look at my template shop if you are in the need of having some of those for your business, okay? I want to make this easy, understandable, um, and affordable so that you can get the legal tips that you need so you can confidently move forward with your business, all right? Thanks so much for tuning in, guys, and have a great day.